The Youthscape Podcast. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Youthscape Podcast from Rachel's kitchen table. <laughs> That's right, we're in my home in beautiful sunny Harrow. We are, and uh, it's good to give the context of the place today because something extraordinary has just happened. <laughs> we went out to grab some lunch from a chicken shop yep. in Harrow. We live a hundred yards from many chicken shops yep. in Harrow. It was good. It was good. Mm. Um, but before we could even reach said chicken shop, we were stopped by a man who I would say might... How can I, how can I put this delicately? Mm. He might have had some yeah. access to some substance today. Yeah. But what that did was that liberated him to be very friendly. Yeah. And because he was liberated to be friendly, he um, he said he pointed at Rachel and he said, "You're that lady that goes into all the schools. You're the Christian lady, aren't you? You're a proper yeah. Christian. Yeah. What do they call it? Bap, bap, Baptist?" I think and you it's... went, "You're born again. You mean born yeah. again, my friend?" I, I have not used that phrase in a very long time. Born again. Born again. Yeah. Saved and assured of it, my young friend. Yeah. And uh, bless him, he. He was profoundly affected yeah. by the ministry you'd done in his school. Which would have been, he, he 18 said years 2002, ago? he said. 16 years he ago. Na- he named a school, 2002. My goodness. And actually, that was a high school. that I was working for Scripture Union Schools Outreach Team at that time. And that particular school, I think I was almost in there every day. I mean, it, it was one of those schools where you could do everything. There was like, you, you've got a pulse and you like these young people. You can do anything. Do anything you want. Yeah, so, so obviously he was sat in on some of the RE lessons maybe or he, assemblies. He or... remembered you. Yeah, he did. And what was great was he didn't remember you as sex lady. No, he didn't. That's what most people know you as. And you were... Oh, 2002 would have been before that. Instead, so you were the, Before the you were sex lady. Before I was the sex lady. I was Too much Christian. information, Rach. I was the Christian lady. So you were Baptist lady. And you said, born again. And he said, I'm atheist. And then he just rolled back on that straight away. It yeah. was the great... It was the great... I mean, if we'd just talked to him for 10 minutes longer, yeah. he'd have probably said he was a Christian. No, but ble- the lesson, the most beautiful line was him saying... And I said, look, when I get home, can I pray for you? And he said, no, I... I just wanted to say hello. Yeah. And under my breath, I said, I'm going to brave you anyway. I felt like there was almost there the yeah. perfect Spring Harvest main stage story talk there. Oh. If he just, if <laughs> he he just agreed yeah. to have you pray for him yeah. and then he could have fallen to the floor and given his life to Jesus. How great would that have sounded in front of 5,000 people? But, 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 the thing that's quite sad about it, though, is I, I walked away and just thought... Life is quite tough for him. You can see it on his face and in his clothes and kind of the lifestyle that he's got. But wow, he's young and yet he looked quite old, didn't mm. he? Didn't he look a lot older mm. than he actually is? Yeah, he did. And you just think, what has happened in such a short space of time that you've gone from this teenager in school <laughs> picking up all this stuff um, to suddenly just, yeah. So I'm going to gonna try and track him down. Yeah. I will try and... I mean, you told him where your church was. Yeah, it's, And it's... he had an argument with you that it was now flats. <laughs> He said, no, that's not, that's no. No, there's no church there. No, there is. There's a block of flats there. There is. <laughs> Little drawing. So let's hope that's not a prophetic there was a, word. There was a hilarious time a few years ago where I was in another high street nearby to here and uh, there was a car with tinted windows and playing music very, very loudly. Nice. And there were three lads in the car that were shouting out of the car windows, quite obscene stuff at women walking by. Oh dear. And it was like three in the afternoon. I, I can't tolerate that. So I went up to the car and I was like, lads, come on, what's going on here? And I, I was about to kind of enter my big kind of, you know, this is public space and all that kind of stuff. And one of them went, ah, you're that sex lady. You used to come and do sex education at our school. And I was like, oh yeah. 
make sure they remember my name. And, and then one of them said, oh, yeah, I remembered everything you said. Oh, and I said wow. to them, clearly not, boys. Oh. Clearly not. Very, Otherwise, yeah. you would not be shouting out the windows. We had they, nice little chats. They actually. heard the words, but did not put them into they practice. They didn't put them until I then caught them red-handed. In Sex lady of Harrow. Car. That's what. So I, I think your her. your life as a youth worker never finishes when your young people are in their twenties. They still need you. That was awesome. Shouting at them in the streets. That was awesome. But mm. Harrow does have some fabulous chicken. It does. It does, doesn't it? So, That's good. You know, let's not lose sight mm. of the really important thing here. Okay. Well, it, this is another edition of the Youthscape podcast. <laughs> if you haven't tuned out already. Uh, I'm Martin Saunders and this is Rachel Gardner and every week we bring you an interview with another exciting, important and interesting voice mm-hmm. from the youth ministry community and today is not not just no different but a special incident yeah. of that. Yes it is. Because we have Tim Alford. Tim Alford who is the CEO of Limitless which is the Elims youth ministry arm wing. I'm not quite sure how they arm define wing. it. The arm wing. The bat wing. <laughs> the arm wing. <laughs> Do you know, my daughter has just suddenly said to me that, that she was trying to describe where she hurt herself and she said, my knee pits. Oh. Isn't that genius? Knee pits. Like, there's a part of your body that doesn't actually have a name and it's, she now calls it knee pits. So anyway, Elim has a wing of its organisation which is all about youth ministry. It's called Limitless and Tim Orford heads it up. Now you, I opened the introduction by uh, the interview talking about Dweeb because do you remember Tim being in Dweeb? I do remember do you Dweeb. Remember the worship band? They're amazing. I love them actually. You know when I They're spoke great. to the, um, the head of Kingsway Records back in about 2009. Oh yeah. And I said, who's going to take over from Delirious? And he said, Dweeb. Dweeb. Yeah. Ah. So uh, they were around for quite a while. They were. They, they yeah. were. So, so I think they were the new delirious for a while. They were quite big on the uh, European scene, I think, as well. Because I in Holland. I think they were, and I was in Norway a few times. And I'm sure I bumped into them in airports there. Oh, I love the idea that Tim Orford can't walk down the street in like Copenhagen. <laughs> like <laughs> he's fine in nice. Malvern, <laughs> but if he walks down the street in Copenhagen, he gets mobbed by dweeb fans. I love it. It's such a good name. As I love well. that idea. Yeah, it's good. But they were. They were a great band. Yeah. And you would have all seen them if you'd been in that era. You'd have seen all the festivals and things and Tim was the front man and then somehow ended up doing something completely different. I can't remember another name of the guy in Dweeb, but he now... um... Is he running NGM or involved with the New Gospel Ministry? So the guys that do New Generation Ministries, so the music college... Um, up north which is absolutely fantastic if you have Christian young people who are brilliant at music and worship and they want to engage with the arts so he's involved with that as well so they've gone on to other things brilliant things but I caught up with Tim at Youthscape Towers and as per usual we don't have a list of questions that we're going to ask we just start chatting and typical Tim what comes out is absolute gold dust about leadership about starting youth ministry from scratch and particularly about the rhythm of your own walk with Jesus as a leader so have a little listen to this I feel scared podcast great so um Tim, I'd like to just start by mentioning one word to you, because I think this word sums up when I think I first met you, and the word is dweeb. <laughs> I'm not calling you a dweeb, but tell us about dweeb, because you were in a band called Dweeb. Yeah, yeah, for nine years, uh, me and my three best mates, we were in a band, we were called Dweeb. Why um, dweeb? What, well, just we, we literally just thought it was funny, <laughs> and that pretty much sums up the band. I'll, t- I'll tell you where it, where it originated, it originated in a pub 
doing karaoke. That's you where it originated. So the three of you were doing karaoke. Well, it wasn't. It was more than just the three of us. Oh. But we were around the table having a conversation about what we were going to call this new band we were going to start. And uh, for some reason, we thought <laughs> we thought it was a good idea. Uh, and we, you, you are incredibly tall, anyway. My memory of you and me <laughs> okay, yeah. you like leaping on the stage, and I was like, yeah. "That guy is so tall, anyway." He's now like clearing about ten foot with that. So yeah. you guys had fun in Dweeb. We had you? a lot of fun. Yeah, it it was an amazing adventure, and we were in the band because um, we wanted to tell people about Jesus, and yeah. because we wanted to be able to tell people about Jesus who would never think of of crossing the doors of a church. And so, yes, we played the. Uh, you know the, the the Christian festivals and what have you, but but we also played a lot of uh, pubs and clubs and venues, um, and and just just to be there and be a presence and to tell to tell people about Jesus through our music and through the things we said in between our songs, mm-hmm. um, people who might not hear about Jesus a different way, mm-hmm. and that's that was what it was all about really. And so yes, we love the music, we love writing songs, but it was almost a secondary thing. It was a vehicle, I guess. Yes. The band was a vehicle to help us tell people about Jesus that I wouldn't have otherwise heard about him. And then you left Dweeb, and Dweeb disbanded, didn't it? Did you all go your separate ways? It, is yeah. There, is there some terrible story? No, there? it's not a terrible story. <laughs> Thankfully, sorry, yes. I'd love to do some juicy <laughs> gossip, but actually, we planned a year ahead to finish. We felt like. God was speaking to us and, and, and telling us do one more year this is what I want you to do in the year uh, and so we did that we did a, uh, a kind of we did a final tour we released a final record we did a final show back at Nexus Academy of Music Ministry where we started which is now called Nexus Institute of Creative Arts that's where we started and we almost left there and we did our final show back there and it was a really lovely mixture of um, kind of our friends and family mm. as well as uh, fans of the band and it felt like a really great way to finish um and so, yeah, it wasn't some kind of big juicy no. uh, fallout, unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately. <laughs> but you might have sold more yeah. albums, had you? Yeah, we might have done. Let yeah, yeah. Rumor in yeah. <laughs> but then you went from there fairly swiftly into leading Elim's youth ministry, which was then it was called Serious for God. Serious for God, and I remember yeah. connecting with you again then. Yeah. And thinking, oh, that's really interesting. He's come from a band background to running this, but it was so obvious that actually this heart you have for evangelism and for discipling young people, yeah, it just got a new vehicle for that to be kind of unleashed in so I'd love to hear a little bit about because you you've taken that and and changed the name of it and sort of really evolved it and got a new strategy and we're going to land talking about pioneering stuff but I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about stepping into a role and in the first few years having the audacity (laughs) which is the courage and the calling of the spirit to say actually this is where we need to go like how did you do that yes well I, I think Probably the first thing to say is the way it all started was um, was wasn't like that like a job came up and I was like oh that sounds interesting I think I could do that I'll apply in fact if if it had been advertised I don't think I'd ever have applied for it I got a phone call one day from who was then the kind of boss of Elim guy called John asking me if I'd consider it and when my, my, honestly my my first reaction was that like I laughed because yeah. I thought it was a ridiculous idea I had so much respect for the leader before me a guy called Mark and I just thought I can't, I can't do that but when somebody asks you a question like that you, you pray about it don't you and um, my the conversation that ensued between me and God was very much a Moses at the burning bush type of situation where I explained to God all of the reasons why I was a terrible choice and all of the other people who would do a much better job than me and um God answered and he spoke quite clearly, faithfully, both to me and my wife, Jen, um, uh, into those things specifically. And so I've always said, like, I started the job 
with a strong sense of my own inadequacy but a stronger sense of the call of God yeah. on my life. And I just feel like there's going to be youth leaders listening mm. and they're going to be thinking, this job feels too big for me. Mm. And what I'd say is good. Yes. That's good. Yes. Because it causes you to throw yourself into a place of dependency uh, upon God where you're on your knees saying, God, if you don't sh- show up here, yes. then yes. you know it, it's all going to go wrong. And actually, if you've got too comfortable in your youth role and it's and what used to scare you doesn't anymore and you've kind of increased your capacity then it, that's that's the signal mm. you need to start dreaming some dreams and you just start trying some things yes. uh, because you want to live in a place uh, where there is a gap between your calling and your capacity between um, your dreams and your resources um, between between your prayers and your own power to bring about the answer to those prayers because it's in that gap that you see God move uh, so, so that's powerful. That yeah. is so good. And I, I guess as well, you, John picked up the phone, said basically, essentially saying to you, Tim, I see in you what you don't see in yourself. And 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 just thinking about yeah, these lovely youth workers listening, and I think about my my own self. When somebody spots something in us that we don't identify, we have yeah. a choice, don't we? We either say no, you're absolutely wrong because my so poor self-esteem today or lack of kind of confidence or uncertainty is going to win or we say okay this person I trust them I love them they listen to God I'll give this idea some air room and I, and I just love that Tim you you took that risk because it, it's tough isn't it in that like we can say yes I agree that's the right thing to do but when you're on the other end of the phone oh my goodness what do you do with that yeah so you take it to people that you love and trust and then you have a choice to make yeah that's right and uh, I, I've seen just a pattern of God in my life, and I don't know if you've experienced this in yours, Rachel, which is that as soon as I start to become a little bit comfortable <laughs> and um, self-sufficient, mm. God goes, and now this, and I go, I can't do that. Yeah, and it seems scary again, because God wants me in that place yeah. where, where, where I need to pray, you know, and where I need to depend on him. Mm. Uh, and but yeah, you're you're totally mm. right. Certainly, when somebody sees something and you don't see it in yourself, that that does help to give you the confidence yes. to go for it. And isn't that isn't that the job of a youth yes. worker? Yes, amen. That we see something in the lives of our young people that they don't see in their own lives, and we call it out of them. Mm. We say, "I see this in you. I I believe this for your future." And just to see hope rise mm. in their eyes as we as we kind of uh, as we speak that out. And, and you know call them to rise up that's that's what we do isn't it as youth workers yeah. there's so. no wonder god does that with us first exactly right and yeah, yeah so then you took uh so you took him to this role yes we now know it as limitless yes. lots of us will have maybe connected with you on facebook you're brilliant at putting films up about the stuff you interview your young people you interview youth leaders and any of us who have spent even two and a half seconds with you tim will know that your heart is for evangelism and discipleship yeah. but it's also to get youth ministry starting where there is nothing like yeah. Some of us, like, our, our calling is where there's three or four gathered, then we'll begin something there. Yeah. But you and the guys at Elim have said, actually, we're going to look at the hard places where there is yeah. no youth ministry. And rather than kind of swish that under the carpet and say, well, we've got some that are going really, really well, and we won't yeah. talk about the ones where there's yeah. no youth. You guys have gone for that. So why have you, t- why have you chosen that strategically? Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of all tied in, in, into the earlier question, which you asked me and I didn't answer. Sorry well, about that. Yeah. No, that's fine. So, let's do that. So, so the ministry, uh, Elim's National Youth Ministry, was called Serious for God. Um, we came into Elim's 100th birthday um, and we felt God at that point start to speak to us about 
opening the door to the next hundred years as we wanted wow. to see it go on, you know, with our faith high and our expectancy high and dreaming big. We, we did this thing called Gathering 100 and we got all of our youth groups to do 100 gatherings in 100 locations over 100 days. Um, but du- during that period, um, we felt like God was trying to say something uh, to us and, and through us that Serious for God as a name wasn't capturing. It was right for a season, but, but we felt like, there was there was a need for a change and so we went through this whole process and we we talked and we prayed and we had meetings and we had a brand consultant come in we did workshops and it was like banging your head against a brick wall there was nothing there um but eventually we with our team we went over to our uh, limitless team in ireland and we were praying one night and, and I'll, i will never forget this moment um and one of the girls she's called sarah on on our team in ireland started praying she said god I thank you that you're a limitless God. And I thank you that the potential of our young people is limitless. And we pray that they begin, begin to dream limitless dreams. And she's, she's praying like this. She keeps repeating the word limitless. And I start looking around the room and I'm looking at the other people in the team and they're all looking at wow. me and everyone's nodding at each other. And there's just this sense after all of this stuff we've got, just the spirit of God dropped something into us. And he was saying, you know, take off the limitations, start to, start to dream bigger, start to call something else out of your young people. And one of the things that came along with that was God began speaking to us about what are you doing to help those churches who don't have any young people? Because we had, you know, great events and, mm. and training and, you know, community and relationship and all of that kind of stuff for our churches that were doing yeah. youth ministry, but we weren't doing anything really for, for those other churches. And so out of this whole season and as we launched Limitless as a new thing came this vision uh, to pioneer a hundred new youth ministries through churches who are not currently reaching young people. So um, what happened was I got a bit of a team together from uh, Regents Theological College, our Bible college where I teach a little bit of youth ministry stuff. Um, and in my local church that had one young person and, and no uh, youth ministry at all, we began just to try something out to see if we could make it happen. And we got stuck into the schools. We did a bit of a focus group with, with young people. Um, uh, we started uh, and then we launched out a new youth group um, we got something going for 15 to 18s originally because that's what was needed in the town there wasn't anything happening and then we launched out a sec- uh, discipleship group and then we launched out something for 11 to 14s after that as well uh, and God's just been really good there I've, I've handed the leadership of that group on now to a great a great young leader but um, you know, we've just seen God do we saw God do some great things through that last uh, two weeks ago on Tuesday night one of the young people who's just become a Christian was, was, we were interviewing her. She was telling everybody about how God's made such a significant difference in her life, how now she's got more hope now that she's given her life. She just, it was amazing. It, it kind of makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. So we piloted it in, in Malvern. We found that it worked. We learned some lessons. And in September, we, we launched out what we call Limitless Pioneers in, in, in earnest. And obviously, we're, we're recording this uh, coming mm. to the end of the academic year, just about to finish. And uh, over the course of the year, have been able to start seven new youth ministries through churches wow. that didn't previously have anything going on. And so God's just been really good. But I really believe that we, we're in a missionary situation in our own nation. And as youth workers, we need to start thinking um, apostolic thoughts. <laughs> we need to start think, thinking, 
thinking and acting like missionaries in, mm. in, in our own land. I think pioneering is becoming a, a really important thing, not, not just for, for Limitless and for Elam, but for all of us mm. in, uh, in the church. So that apostolic heart, sort of seeing where does a church need to go, where, where are mm. we currently not, and making sure we're there. How would that land for a youth worker listening to this who maybe is employed by a church yeah. for that particular church. I, I'd love to hear from you as somebody outside of just working in one context. Are you seeing a sort of a shift of the spirit that says actually quite a few of us are going to have to be a bit brave and say, actually, I'm not for one particular church. I'm, I'm to resource this area. God's yeah. called me to this town. And yes. I want to see beyond just parameters. What, what are you seeing, Tim? 100%, Rachel. And I, and I think that there's two things that... Uh, on this that relate to the to the youth worker in the local church so so my job is that i that i uh, oversee limitless but i volunteer in, in my local church and so i do the, the week-to-week youth work as well um so i kind of get the perspective yeah. and um uh, the two things are that the first one let's let's not be content as youth workers to only disciple the children of the parents who already go to our churches that's just that's just not going to cut it. Mm. We need to be thinking about how do we engage with our schools? How do we engage with our communities? How are we going to begin to reach mm. the young people in our towns that, that don't know Jesus yet? Mm. Um, and so that I would really, be, if, if you're not already, I'd really be encouraging the youth workers listening just to think outside of the young people who are already Christians and who already come mm. to your church. Um, but secondly, um, how can we, like you, you said, how can we get outside of our own framework, and I know we're all busy as it is, and begin to serve those around us who may not be reaching young people? So one story on this, one of those seven youth groups, we've got a couple of staff, uh, Jamie and Craig, who have just been doing a phenomenal job this year, but one of them had almost nothing to do with us, or Jamie or Craig, Um, and it was our youth pastor in our church in Cardiff. His name is Ricardo, and we were sharing a little bit about the vision behind Pioneers um, at our kind of leaders gathering called Limitless Leaders. And God started to do something in his heart at that moment. A, a few months later at Elim Leaders Summit, he met the pastor of our uh, Elim Church in Porth, which is just down the road from Cardiff. And they didn't have anything going um, for young people. They didn't have any young people, but they did have two young adults with a heart to reach young people. So Ricardo from Cardiff, quite a a large and well-resourced church, takes a whole team from his church, goes down the road to Porth and starts training them, investing in them, showing them how to do youth ministry. He gets the guys from Porth and brings them for a few weeks up to Cardiff to see what they're doing in their church. And he helps them to start uh, start off a new youth ministry in their church. Now... um, that was something that he did without any thought of benefit to himself. It was just to bless that church and help them start a new youth ministry. And they've got one going now and wow. it's going really well. But what his reflection on it when we interviewed him a year later was how good that was for the young leaders in his group. Because he was, he was able to take them with him. They were mm. able to go on a bit of an adventure together. Yes. And his young leaders grew so much through that process. It isn't why he did it. No. But actually, when we get outside of our own kind of sphere, if you like... God blesses that. I once heard it said, you know, it's giving, not keeping, that leads to receiving. Wow. That's so true in the wow. kingdom of God, yes. isn't it? Yeah. And, and, I, and I believe that's true. So, so maybe, maybe there's youth workers listening and you know there's a church down the road in your town or, or whatever, mm. in your city, 
um, who you've got relationship with and are just struggling to mm. reach young people and maybe you can get out there and help them as well. Now I know why sometimes we don't do that and I guess it, it might be our own fear of what if the stuff I start over there then leave is better yeah. or it's the fear of the church around us and the church leader that's saying to us wait a minute we're employing you for this church and you're going to do what you're going to take all the great resources we've given you here and you're going to go and plant youth mission now i really hope there isn't a church leader in the uk that would say that because that would be just horrendous yeah. but in in maybe more subtle ways that unfortunately is sometimes yeah. the, the message we get isn't it actually you're here for and i just think of all those wonderful youth workers listening to this who are like spread between 10 churches as part of their job you yeah, know just well, that yeah, change yeah. but i but i love what you say tim because actually this is the season to take the risks and for yeah. leaders to lead and for you yeah. to lead and say you might have employed me in this role but can i share a vision of what it would look like yeah. if this was multiplied yes if, if this benefited what god's doing here and and yeah. elsewhere what so you've, you've been watching this for a year in in, in seven places around the country give us like a little kind of snapshot what have you discovered has have been some of the key ingredients now we know it's the spirit of god and willing hearts but have there been some very practical things that actually that makes a big difference yeah um yes well i would say the principle of the parable of the sower oh great um the first thing is is to make sure that it's fertile soil um and that doesn't necessarily mean that the church knows what they're doing. In fact, there's usually a reason that they don't have young people and it's that they don't know what they're doing. Yes. But it's that they have a hunger for that. Um, uh, it's that they're prayerful about that. Um, and this is so key, that the senior leadership in that church will own it. Mm. Um, it this isn't going to work if it's like, you come and do this for me, so I don't have to think about it. Or even, here's a few people to do this with, um, off you go. Mm-hmm. The, you, you, the senior leadership really need to go, we know we need to be reaching young mm-hmm. people and we will back you and we will pray for you. I'm not saying the senior leader has to be there every week, but that is, that is really, really key. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'd say that that's really important. One of the other things that's been key for us is we won't go and work um, with a local church unless they've got three people from that church who want to join that team from the start. And that's because of sustainability. Mm. So if a youth worker listening thought, you know, I, yeah, I could maybe go and, ha- go and help that church. And you just went and you did it all yourself. Well, eventually you're going to co- go back out of there and back to your day, day job. And that youth ministry will just disintegrate. It's about investing into the leaders who are already there. And one of the things we're finding is that people think, no, I, I, I can't do that. I'm too old. I don't have the experience. But we're, we're going in and, and envisioning people. You know, you know what, guys? what young people they don't need they don't need a leader who's like them they need a leader who's mm. like jesus mm. they, they, they don't necessarily need a brother they need a spiritual mum or yes. a spiritual dad because they yes. haven't got one at home yes. or they need a spiritual grandparent or yeah. whatever and so so for example we've we've just just started a new youth ministry in broadstairs down in kent and like the the youngest uh, person on that team is in their 30s and most of them are in their 40s and mm. above but they're doing great mm. and, and you know and they're going from strength to the strength and and so sometimes it's about helping helping potential leaders to change their yes. perspective on what's required yes. uh, of, a, of a youth leader uh, and then of course you know it's about kind of connecting in with the schools and in with the communities and all that stuff that I'm sure mm. uh, many of our listeners do mm. but but you are right to say uh, and, and, and we shouldn't just bypass it I'm not suggesting now that every youth leader listening to this should do that 
But there may be some mm. who, as we're having this conversation and they're listening to the podcast, are just being prompted right mm. now by the Spirit of God. And you just need to pick up the phone. And it, it does have to be a commission of God mm. or else it... Because it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. So it does have to be a commission of God. You do mm. need to feel like God's saying, yeah, give of what you've got. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, heal resources. And I suppose... I'd be, I'm a little bit old in the tooth with this stuff as well sometimes and think there have been times where I've listened to something like someone very inspirational like you Tim and thought yeah I think that's I, I think that's the, the, the first indication of God's about to say something to me and, and I, my advice would be go and find someone to share that with initially yeah, who, who actually is not going to be a yes person you don't need a yes person but it's somebody that's not going to quash an idea before it's taken form so go and find someone just to pray with that about mm. before you have to kind of answer questions on it say look I really feel that actually God's given me more of a missional heart or that apostolic heart that I have I've just it's been a bit dormant yeah. and actually I do have a massive heart for our local school and I do really want to get more but I but for whatever reason I haven't done it so go find someone and just and just pray into that that's incredible Tim I want to ask you just a couple of questions about you as a leader and how do you stay fresh and focused and and how are you preparing yourself to be in this call as a evangelist for the long haul like wherever god takes you yeah. How, yeah how do you how are you preparing for a long life of doing this stuff what are some of the things that you're learning yeah it's a really good question and i and i think that you do have to find a a, a rhythm mm. of of intentionally meeting with and hearing from god um because the gravitational pull is just do more be busier um, but actually, sometimes that busyness can rob us of the stillness which is required to hear him. Um, and what we know about Jesus is that he only did what the Father was doing. He only did what he heard God asking him to do. That should be the same for us, but we need to have enough stillness. So what I've tried to build into my life is a uh, a bit of a yearly, monthly, weekly, daily rhythm. So... What I mean by that is that annually, once a year, uh, I'll take two days away um, with phone off and Bible open. Uh, and that will be at the start of the year. And I'll just reflect on the year that's gone, pray into the year that's coming. Uh, some good, um, solid time just to try and, and, and pray and be in his presence. But then once a month, I'll try and do that for a day. In August, it doesn't really happen. But the other months, <laughs> the other months, um, I'll, I'll take a, a full day out, not an overnight, got a young mm. family and all of that kind mm. of stuff. So I can't do that too often. But a full day out where, again, I'll try and get off to a, a retreat center that's not too far away from mm. me. And again, just spend some time praying, reflecting, strategizing, thinking, dreaming, hearing from God uh, and all that stuff. Uh, and then weekly, I try and get a couple of hours on a Friday Mm. to go to a coffee shop, take my journal out, um, and or where I live in Malvern, beautiful place, go for a walk on the hills, just lift my sights a little bit out of the minutia of the day-to-day, -day, I've got to get this done, um, and just to, to recenter and think ahead, to look forward and to say, God, what are you doing? And then daily, obviously, mm. um, like we all, I hope, are doing, mm. just first thing in the morning, just mm. spending you know, half an hour with Jesus mm. with my Bible and prayer. Mm. And, and that is um, that is the single most important thing that I do in my day. And so by finding something of that rhythm, 
I, I, I hope to keep my ears open to the voice of God because I don't know what I'm doing, Rachel. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> and I just, I need, I need God. I need his leadership. I need, he's my shepherd. I mm. need him to guide me. I need him to speak to me. And if I'm not make, if I'm not making the time to hear from God, then I'm the blind leading the blind mm. and both will fall into a mm. pit. So I think I'd encourage oh, people to right, try and find, yeah. I'm not saying copy my rhythm, I'm trying, mm. but do have a rhythm. Yeah of time where you will be led by him and you, as yeah. you say you have found a rhythm yeah. that works for you because you've had to find it but you know i yeah. guess with yeah. a young family as well that's all yeah. working that through and i guess as well tim a day in a month doesn't suddenly appear going oh here is your day now to be no. i guess you have no, to stick no. that in don't oh, you, yeah, you have yeah. to put that in the diary it, go, it goes it in the diary yeah. you know can you somebody says can you do this oh no sorry i've got an appointment Right, okay, you know, brilliant. Uh, we have to and I don't in. necessarily say that appointment is I'm going to a retreat centre for a day mm-hmm. or whatever it is, but... Um, but you see it as significant, if not more significant yeah. as that. I but it's important. just, it's interesting though, Rachel, isn't it? Like, if I had a meeting booked in with you, yeah. and we were going to go out for coffee, yeah. uh, and we were going to talk about something or whatever, and um, somebody rang me up and said, oh, could you meet me at 10.30 yeah. on Tuesday? And, yeah. and we had an appointment in the diary. I'd say, oh, no, I'm really sorry. I can't. I've already yeah. got something in then. Yes. But yet, if we, we, we got some time with Jesus, yes. <laughs> and somebody says, can, can, can you do yeah. that? You go, oh, yeah, I can. You know what I mean? But yes. that's the most important appointment yes. of your day. There's no more important meeting you're going to have today than that meeting you've got with Jesus. So, yeah. mm. And I would say, I, I would say, actually put it in your calendar if i if i open my calendar on my phone now mm. you would see my daily appointment with jesus in the calendar because wow. it helps me to keep it yeah. i'd really encourage people to, to, do, to, that. to do that yeah now just in case anyone is listening and and thinking well it's easy for you tim you, you haven't got any kids and you know you haven't got this and you haven't yeah. got that and i think sometimes i i i have to say sometimes i hide behind them well i'm really busy and i've got a kid and i gotta get yeah. to school and like we we sort of we kind of bring our excuses which is yeah. human it's human to do that but you've got two little children, and yeah. I suppose it is a challenge to say not that not that we're better not that we're better for do, to do it, but we are better by doing it, aren't we? Actually, yeah. we choose as a leader what we're going to prioritize. That's right. Yeah. So let's as leaders be honest about that and real about that, yeah. and find a rhythm prioritizing listening to the Father. Tim, it's just extraordinary having you here and listening to all this great wisdom that just comes out of you. If people want to connect either with the pioneering aspects of what you do, and they want to learn, maybe come and chat to you. Come and maybe look at one of the churches or want to know more yeah. about Regents College you've mentioned yeah. about your Bible college yeah, absolutely, yeah. how could people connect with you yeah well um, all of uh, our kind of social channels are at Limitless Elim so uh, nice Instagram, Twitter Snapchat, YouTube Facebook all of that Limitless Elim uh, and then I'm uh, going back to our very first question. I'm Tim Dweeb. Oh, Are you? Tim, I'm and still you Tim Dweeb. I just haven't changed it on, on all the channels as well. But yeah, so we so the Limitless Pioneers thing. We're, we're wanting people to come and, and do a gap year, and people who want to go on that adventure of pioneering and planting. So you can find out about that and and Regents Theological College as well. Yeah, we've got a three year youth ministry and applied theology degree program. Um, so yeah, people can get in touch over over social, and we can. Um, let you know yeah and if there was one thing that we did today that was different because you've heard this i think it's go and grab your journal go and grab a do coffee it. do yeah. 20 minutes half an hour 10 minutes just today tuning into the father yeah you're so loved tim thank you so much for your time oh thank you for having me the youthscape podcast Great to have some thoughts there from Tim 
on uh, leadership, looking after yourself as a leader, and where um, where it all comes from mm-hmm. as a leader. Um, we will have quite a lot of that at the National Youth Ministry Weekend, at which Tim is speaking, oh, and at which uh, uh, we have a whole stream on soul care, um, but also Tim's doing some leadership stuff as well. So um, if you're not booked for that, um, you, you can't, but hopefully you are booked <laughs> and are coming along. Um, and also we have a retreat day the day before, which is, is a good point to invest in your own soul. Um, I keep saying I'm going to talk about mm. burnout. I've got it written down on my bit of paper. Must talk about burnout. Must talk about burnout. Um, but I had a little epiphany this summer. Um, and uh, and it may, I don't know whether this resonates with you, but um, I went away on holiday and I actually didn't want to go. Mm. So I didn't want to go this summer on holiday with my family. Um, not because I don't like my family um, and not even because I don't like France. It was very nice. <laughs> but because I just had um, become so worked up with the busyness of everything that needs to be done that I'd almost in my head become terrified of stopping. And I didn't really know why that was. I quickly find out, found out why that was. Um, but but actually, I just, I'd, I'd got to the point where I, the day before we went on holiday, I didn't say this to anyone, but I thought in my head, if this got cancelled now, if mm. the, you know, if there was a, a problem with the Euro tunnel or, mm. or something, um, then um, then I would actually be quite happy to, to write off the money and just be at home for two weeks. Right. And uh, that be was at a, home or be working. Well, probably yeah. tapping on my laptop. Yeah. And I think I realised then, uh, it, it, you know, this this isn't healthy. But it was only then driving fifteen hours down into the south of France mm. with a child who began vomiting metronomically on every every fifteen minutes. Oh. Um, it was all right. It was travel sickness. Oh. We thought we were about to infest oh. a campsite with right. the sick bug, but uh, no. We, so we had all we had the travel sickness. We had the long journey. We got to the campsite. Can I tell you? I don't know if anyone's ever done France in a day, but we went right down to the south of France, and uh, and then we had a new tent which we'd never even opened. Oh so I didn't even know if it had pegs in it or anything. Oh never even opened it. Risk everything. And then I um, got into the campsite at eight o'clock at night, oh. and the sun had just begun to peep down below the horizon. It was just starting to go. And it was, it was, Against I was clock. shouting at the kids. Oh. I was like, we've got to get everything out into our pitch. Yeah. We, um, and we, and we did it and we basically just got it up as, it as up. the sun completely disappeared. Oh. It was, it was ra- extreme rapid tent building with Bear Grylls. Brilliant. It's a new show on Channel 5. Uh, but it's it was, it, it was awful. But, um, so it was quite tense. Went to bed got into the rhythm of holiday and actually we god blessed us with a lucky find in terms of a campsite you know when you book a campsite you have no idea what you're going to turned out to be a brilliant one brilliant that was good if you if you want to know the name of it get get in touch i'll let you know Um, borrow your tent you can borrow my tent um and uh and it and it was brilliant and we 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 had a wonderful time but about three days in i had a bit of a moment by the pool nothing nothing fell off (laughs) there was no there was no clothing incidents. No, I know true. if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you're assuming that's what Aww. happens next. There was no nudity. Um, and uh, yeah, I basically had this moment by the pool where I just started to breathe again. And I Aww. suddenly came back to life. Wow. And coming back to life is the moment where you realise you haven't been alive. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, it was funny. Someone gave me a, a prophetic word just before I went about uh, hearing from God in the desert place and fe- feeling like Elijah um, in the desert, oh. wanting to die, and I was like, "That's not me. It's not me at all." And then suddenly, I thought, "Gosh, 
no, that that was me. Like, mm. I am absolutely exhausted mm. Mm. mentally. I've been, you know, on a treadmill for mm. five years without a proper holiday, actually. Like, really haven't had a proper holiday, proper break like that for about five years. You, you, you won't be surprised to know I have a number of uh, off the top of my head learning points from this. But, um, <laughs> but one of them is take a holiday. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, take a holiday. But I realised that I, I, if not totally burnt myself out, was, was in that area. And the thing about it is you don't realise until, until it's too late. So you, you can even be up on a stage doing a talk about burnout. As I had been at Soul Survivor Week A just beforehand, mm, been talking about I taking know, care of yeah. yourself, and you genuinely kid yourself into believing mm. that it's not you, that you're okay, that you're healthy, that you're. If you yeah. listen back to the podcast two or three weeks ago, you'll now be like, "Hang on a minute, Martin, you just said it was okay that you're doing all this crazy stuff at the moment." Mm. But but genuinely, I was I I was not really aware until it was too late mm. that um, that I was exhausted. I was in denial about it, and I think that's often mm. what happens with with this stuff. Um, but we just we have to take care of ourselves we have to be kind to ourselves and uh, yes learning lots of lessons yes and Tim says that doesn't he says that busyness is the enemy of stillness Mm. having that forced stillness Mm. which sounds ironic isn't it that by a pool you're having this kind of internal ah Mm. but actually sometimes God has to take us to the place where we can do nothing but put up a tent and then be with our kids be there and chill out now uh, Oswald Chambers. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, I'm reading lots Are you sure it's Oswald Chambers? My daily readings with Oswald Chambers. He he says a fantastic thing about the story of the woman at the well. I'm going to be preaching on this in a couple of weeks' time at an event, but it'll be it'll be done by the time people listen to this. Um, and he tells a story. He sort of retells the story of the woman at the well, and and so that we we tend to sort of focus very quickly on who she was and her status, her marital status, and a woman alone with this Jewish man and what that means, but he really hones in on her saying to him, but you haven't got a bucket. And he makes the point quite brilliantly that she she does what we do to Jesus. She says to him, what, you want water, but you haven't got the thing that you need to get water. I don't, you haven't got the resources. Mm. And Oswald Chambers makes a great point that it's not that we underestimate what we can do. We actually have quite a good idea of what we can and can't do mm. but what we do is we underestimate God's resources and we think mm. that in this moment God has the same resources as us so if yeah. I haven't got a bucket and can't get water and you haven't got a bucket God so you can't get water either and it's and I found that just so helpful mm. like mm. it's not that I underestimate, underestimate myself no no it's that I underestimate that Jesus could do anything different with this situation yeah. and suddenly yeah, yeah. they're on holiday you go Jesus I think you can't do anything different with this I'm exhausted I've got so much work I have to be working and Jesus says, no, 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 I've got buckets you know nothing about. <laughs> you know, I've got water you know nothing about. All you need to do is have a little swim. That it's could be amazing. the name of a new ministry. Secret buckets. Secret buckets. Jesus' is secret buckets. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? I thought that was a great... Yeah, that's brilliant. A great sort that of re- brilliant. Yeah. Oswald Chambers and A.W. Tozer are getting a lot of airplay on they this. Are, I don't understand most of what they write. I'm, I'm just trying to sound intelligent. But occasionally I'm like, oh, oh, that's so good. And I need oh, to no, read that. Oh, no, it's good stuff. I need to read that. Wow. So, so there we go. So we've done the we've done the burnout story. We've done the burnout uh, story, and and I'm glad that you are able to say that you've come through. Is, yeah. is burnout something you come through? Do you say actually you're just you're aware now of your vulnerabilities and you just yeah. put things in place? I don't know that I did burn out. I think burning out probably looks a bit more dramatic. Okay. I think I what I realised was I was dangerously on that road, and uh, and I I think the learning point for me is that I was in denial about it and that I did 
slightly feel like I was invincible. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I didn't pick up the warning signs no. at all. So had had someone offered me the chance to cancel my holiday, I would have cancelled my holiday. If yes. I'd have been able to get money back, you yeah. know, and just get and just write the whole thing off. Sadly, that's probably where I was at. Oh my goodness, it was the best holiday we've ever had. Mm. But um, but actually, I would have done. So so this is about recognizing the signs in yourself yeah. of when you are doing too much maybe starting to tell yourself a story that isn't true about your capacity and how you're doing and how you're feeling. Um, and I'm glad that there's much more thinking now. There's much more people talking about emotionally healthy leadership. Um, it's not something that I've grown up in. It's not, you know, I've not grown up in that context. No. Um, so I, I've very much kind of been raised in a just work and work and work and work and just hopefully... Yeah. It becomes a culture, Hopefully it? you've got a big enough bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus says, I've got buckets you know nothing about. Go and have a rest. That's awesome. It's brilliant stuff. When you told me that story, when you came back from holiday, my initial reaction was really thrilled that, that you'd, that moment had happened and that you as a family kind of had some great time. But I really felt guilty, actually. I really felt, wait a minute, I, I work with you. Mm. Like, I see you two two days a week. Mm. Um, I mainly blame you. I think that I think that's the other yeah. bit of If you read my journal, there's just <laughs> your name written in scrawly red pen. <laughs> call me, and just, but it, but that's the other aspect, isn't it? That actually, that's we don't often talk about in terms of failures. I'm not saying that this wasn't a failing on your part that you were burning out. It's more just a reality check. But I, I felt quite like I've been a bad friend. Like I failed you. I didn't. I saw you busy and thought, oh, he's coping. He's fine. Oh, he's fine. He's, he's fine. So I believe the, the, the little narrative yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a tough thing though, isn't it? Because how, when you ask, when you ask a friend... Are you okay? Are you okay? And they say, yeah, I'm great. Everything's good. <laughs> what are you doing like, to that? No, I don't believe it. Exactly, exactly. So, so it's about proximity yeah. to the to dangerous proximity so i'm going to sit outside your house yeah and just tell joe i worry i'll bring my sleepless one-year-old and we'll just <laughs> i will have my burnout outside, your outside house. my house that's <laughs> awesome but that's a good point is it to have a few people that you can have you will listen to them when they say you tell me you're okay but i'm looking at your schedule you cannot be okay now look to in danger of making this a two-parter yeah i would love us to have a conversation about friendship Yes. Uh, not you. Not not our friendship, oh, which oh, is sorry, a, uh, a deep on the rocks. And, and wonderful thing, um, but <laughs> under some strain. Uh, no, but but I, I'd love us next time to have a conversation about friendship in ministry because I think it's a really important thing. So th- this is the first time we've ever trailed Whoa, forward duck, duck, to next duck. week's conversation, we but we're going to talk about friendship. Mm. Um, uh, so uh, so you know, tune in again. Um, do you want to do the shout out? Yes. So uh, my, my little gang of friends here who I love doing youth work with, um, Harrow Youth Collective, you are all phenomenal individuals and please go and find this wonderful guy that stopped me in the street. So let's go find him and uh, let's just befriend him and see what he needs. So uh, Jason, Paul, Helen, Ben, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, so Gemma Dunning, hello to Ooh, you. Yeah. And Tim Fawcett. Down under, in a land yeah, down under. We haven't received our, our flight tickets yet. Not got them yet. They've not come through. So I don't know what's some, happened Some there. sort of problem there some with the emails. Some problems. <laughs> so thanks for that. Uh, we will hopefully see many of you at the National Youth Ministry yeah. Weekend uh, in just a couple of weeks' time. Um, we should, you know... Is there a hashtag not of the National Youth Ministry Weekend? There probably will be. There probably will be. But it's Who wants to do it? Some, not me. Okay, I'm, you'll be there. I'm going to be there. So if somebody else is, somebody is not there, it would be fraudulent for me it to would be fraudulent that. Hashtag would be. that yeah. Anyway, that's enough prattling and dribbling yes. from us. Uh, we love you. We love you. And we'll see you next time.
We hope you're enjoying the Youthscape podcast. It is free and always will be. But if you would like to support us, uh, please visit patreon.com slash youthscape. Weird murmuring in the background. 